Welcome back to the 11 Personnel Podcast, your favorite Rams podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Rodrigue, and with me as always, my fabulous co-host, Rich Hammond. Rich, how we doing? Not bad, Jordan. We are, I think we can almost say hours away from NFL football, right? I mean, once you get get within a few days, you can actually start counting the hours. So, how excited are you? This has got to be the weirdest like lead up to a season you've ever experienced. I mean, does it even feel normal at all? No, it doesn't. But, you know, the thing is, is I think when there's so much uncertainty, the human brain sort of grasps at the at the small things that do feel normal. So like training camp, I really enjoyed because you were just you were just out there on a field watching football and you kind of were able to block out all the other stuff that was going on in terms of COVID. And so you could, you could really just, um, it was almost like that, that sort of dread that's sort of been permeating through the collective conscious was, was lifted for a little bit. Cause you're just like, all I have to focus on right now is, um, you know, what personnel grouping they're running, which I can't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it's it's not having the preseason was weird to me. I didn't know how much that would affect me, but it kind of felt like we just went right from like the first couple of weeks of training camp to okay, now there's cuts and now they're going to be playing a game. So I I don't know. I do you think the players are ready? Uh, it feels like they are. Um, they've had a lot of practice time. They've had pretty much the same amount of practice time they normally would, right? So, I mean, how do you think they're approaching this? I mean, yes and no. Like, I don't think that, for example, the guys who are coming back from injuries, particularly on the offensive line, like, I don't think I'm feeling super confident there right now. Uh, I'm, I'm, that might change after Sunday. But when you get to guys outside of skill positions, it's really, really tough to prepare if you don't have a full spring to kind of onboard your body into what the toll is going to be for the season. So that, that I think, is difficult. Um, I, I'm, I'm not convinced there. But in terms of skill position players, you know, your Jalen Ramsey's, your Robert Woods's, your Cooper Cups, even your Jared Goff's, you know, I, I think they're as ready as they're ever going to be. It really, the, the way that the the team structured camp, what little time there was, was very competitive. It was a lot of team drilling more so. I mean, I I had not caught a Rams camp previously, but especially in terms of what the Panthers had been doing in my, in my, you know, last several years of seeing those camps, lots more team drills than usual. And then there's, you know, the install periods, of course, but tons and tons of team drilling, which means seven on seven, um, 11 on 11, nine on seven, just different scenarios like that, that we call team drills that are really upped in the level of competitiveness to, to try to get some of these guys ready. So I think in that, in that regard, yes, I think they're as ready as they're ever going to be, you know, miraculously sort of avoided those soft tissue injuries that they were so concerned about. And I know we had Justin Lovett on a while back and I did that story on him, the, the Rams new strength coach, where that was the number one goal was first of all, get these guys in shape through the spring, even though you can't see them in person. And then also do preventative work to make sure that you aren't suffering those soft tissue. I mean, really they came through pretty clean. I know we're still trying to figure out what's going on with Terrell Lewis and his knee, but that kind of seems like an, an almost ongoing sort of inherited issue. And then Daryl Henderson, um, you know, had the hamstring injury, but those just happen. I mean, really those happen right. and, and they're not usually 
uh, his severity is not such that it would be season ending. And he, you know, he might miss a week, but he he won't miss uh, a large chunk of time. Yeah, that, that's a good point. Uh, those fears, I think, were kind of ended up being unfounded. Now we'll see when we get to full speed on, on Sunday. Hopefully that holds and, uh, you know, those injuries don't take place during a game. But, yeah, you think of a normal training camp. I mean, I remember, you know, devastating injuries, ACL, you know, tears early in training camp. I mean, it was last year when Micah Kaiser, you know, suffered that really bad pectoral injury in camp, ended up missing the whole year. So even in a, you know, a best-case scenario in a camp, you usually have some pretty serious injuries so uh, for the Rams to get through the way that they did uh, that's that's about as good as you can hope for but you know how, how about these uh, positions Jordan because uh, you, you know especially running back I think people are, are curious about heading into Sunday's game uh, the big season opener against the Dallas Cowboys um, we've talked about it all off season ever since Todd Gurley got released and here we are you know just a couple days from the opener and, and we still don't have a, a lot of clarity at least uh, officially from the coaches about kind of how this rotation is going to look like we don't know whether Daryl Henderson's going to play uh, what do you expect um, based on what you've seen and, and kind of what you've heard from from people there yeah you know it's a good question it's also the question that I think I get asked the most other than how much 12 personnel are they using I think it's there's not really a big secret here when it comes to the running back by committee because the coaches are never going to have specific numbers for each guy, how many snaps they'd like Cam Akers to get through the course of the season, how many snaps they'd like Malcolm Brown to get. Really, they know that they're going to work them in a committee. Uh, as long as Daryl Henderson comes back and is healthy, they will be, I would almost certainly believe they would be using three backs against Dallas, even if that third back is Xavier Jones, the undrafted free agent who did make the initial 53-man roster, um, in part because Daryl Henderson is not quite there yet. But, you know, there's not like this secret formula to it. I think that that's the main misconception here. It really is situational. So like if you have a a matchup where it's more advantageous for you to use a back like Cam Akers who has the speed power combination but also can be worked in the passing game, you're going to give him more carries that against that matchup. If you're in a short yardage situation, particularly goal line red zone, and you have a downhill one cut runner like Malcolm Brown, who is experienced and when well-practiced and successful in those situations, you're going to use Malcolm Brown there. It's not like they have this like, okay, did you hit all your boxes today? Did you get all your carries today? And oh no, you're behind. You got to give you an extra one next week. You know, it's it's not like right. that at all. Right. And so I think that's the common misconception. It's going to be extremely situational, matchup based. You know, by the end of it, because Cam Akers can do the types of things that he can do, by the end of the year, yeah, of course I expect him to have more carries. I think the situations that he will face will be advantageous for him to have more carries um, by the end of the year. And of course, situationally speaking, Malcolm Brown will probably have the least amount of carries by the end of the year if Daryl Henderson can stay healthy. But the effectiveness doesn't change because, again, you have these guys that you can use in those situations. And because you're in committee, you can keep them fresher. So it's not really, to me, a big mystery. And I know fantasy football players especially want to know a little bit more specifics, but they just don't exist right now. And and really, all we can all we can share is, is um, you know, kind of the basic logic of the situation. 
Yeah, and and I wonder how much a, a guy like Kevin O'Connell coming in helps with that, just because you know the last couple of years with Sean McVay basically being a you know a one man offensive uh, staff. I mean, I, obviously as position coaches, but he was you know kind of the de facto offensive coordinator and play caller in addition to being the head coach and running the whole team. And uh, I'm, I'm wondering how, you know, just having another set of eyes in addition to obviously running backs coach Thomas Brown, um, another, you know, new set of eyes there to just kind of look at things during a game. Be like, okay, this is how this is going, you know, like, like you were saying, Jordan, these are the kind of matchups that we're getting. Maybe they're more effective, you know, running to the outside. Maybe they're more effective up the middle, whatever it might be, um, to just kind of, you know, talk to Sean during during the game and kind of talk those uh, things out because yeah I, I think they will be totally fluid I, I don't think it's a situation where they're like okay you know Malcolm Brown gets the first quarter and Cam Akers gets the second quarter and and then we'll see right. how the third quarter goes like I, I definitely think it'll be a, a lot more uh, uh, fluid than that but I don't know the the first game it'll it'll be interesting I mean do you, do you lean more all things being equal you know do you, do you lean more to a guy like Malcolm Brown who's at least had that experience or or do you just kind of you know load up cam makers and and see what he can do so uh i think it's it's gonna be fascinating to to see and and to kind of uh you know, you know track how those guys do and uh and where they're effective yeah and i, th- I do think when the depth chart comes out people are going to raise a little bit of a stink because i i would bet that malcolm brown is listed as rb1 on the depth chart and yeah. i would i would just say uh, I would expect to see a lot of Malcolm Brown in week one just because he's going to be the guy on scripted drives. You're going to obviously start the game and maybe even the opening in the second half. You're going to start with scripted drives. And you you really, you know, you have to establish the rhythm and he's just a very rhythmic runner. So that, and, and I liked what you said about Thomas Brown and Kevin O'Connell, you know, those guys are going to be on the field coaching. So that's something that's really important to me when you're trying to establish cadence and you're trying to establish a, a rhythm and a cohesive rushing attack, which we know, you know, establishes everything else that Sean McVay wants to do with his, with his offense. So th- those things are important. Um, but when you see Malcolm Brown on the depth chart, like don't raise hell because my mentions just can't take it guys. They just can't like, it's really, it's just going to be, it's, and it's also a sign of respect. Malcolm Brown is the most veteran guy in the room and he spent all spring onboarding these guys just as much as the coaching staff has. So of course he's going to get that nod of respect and also probably be the guy who opens the game with the scripted drives. Now, after that, yes, I think Cam Akers is going to get thrown out there and then they want him to get, you know, as many, as many reps as he can, cause they're still technically onboarding him. I mean, he didn't have a spring, so it's going to take a couple games, I think, for him, but um, it's Cam Akers. I have high hopes for him and high expectations. <laughs> for sure, and uh, from everything we've heard, it's, uh, they should be high uh, because uh, it looks like there's a lot of talent there and it looks like a really good fit uh, for the Rams, so you definitely understand why they used that, that pick on him. Um, Jordan, I'm curious about a couple more things. I want to throw them both at you and take them in either order that you like, because they, I think there are two other positions that uh, Rams fans are curious about, not only on cut day, but but going forward. One is inside linebacker, and the other is kicker, uh, <laughs> where obviously the Rams uh, kept Samuel Sloman, not Sam, but Samuel Sloman, uh, over the, the other two guys who they had brought in. Um, and then inside linebacker, uh, on cutdown day, they went very, very low, only to three inside linebackers, and then uh, end up picking up Justin Holland. So 
What is that? What did that inform you um, about both of those positions? And kind of, do, do you expect that to evolve at all during the season? Is Holland's a guy who could actually step in and and you know maybe take over that spot that that Traven Howard was supposed to supposed to carry? You know, I like both of these questions, Rich. One of my favorite things about working with you is that you ask me questions I actually like to answer. <laughs> so <laughs> I try. Thank, thank you for doing that. So you know, I. I'm going to start with kickers. I was just as surprised as everybody when Samuel Sloman sort of snuck up from behind and and took the job. The reason I was surprised was because we only saw about half the kicks. And in that sequence um, and and in a couple of high pressure situations, you know, when they didn't have the correct holder, the music was going and all the lights and the sound system and all that stuff, you know, he was missing kicks the thing was, as my favorite phrase, as I understand it, the yeah. thing was that in the, he was he he made every kick the last week of practice. That's what I've been told multiple times, you know, on background is that he made every single kick in the last week of practice, which we weren't allowed to see, which is fine. But I would have liked to be more informed. But that's just me, um, you know. Uh, I could have you know let people down easy that Mister Hyrulehu the hula hoop hallelujah man is not going to be the kicker. Um, You know, I think that in Samuel Sloman's case, they also really liked his leg strength and something that stood out to him uh, about him to coaches here as well was the kickoff ability. Because if you have that leg strength on kickoffs, you could force a touchback. You can, if you kick it through the back of the end zone, you know, you, you kind of diminish that danger of the return. Now they've got a new special teams coordinator in John Bonamago and a lot of new faces on special teams as well. So I think minimizing return ability for people, um, I think that's really, really important. The other thing is Hyrulahu, I pointed this out, you know, when they were lining up for those last 53-yarder tries um, in in SoFi Stadium during the last scrimmage of the preseason, quote-unquote, he missed a 53-yarder short. And so I think that was pretty much a, a damning situation for him because you can miss wide, you can miss left, right, you can doink it off the post. You cannot miss short because if you get an Auburn... Alabama situation that's just like you can't come back from that it's just really a backbreaker so that you know that was I think something that was really bad for Hyrulehu and then of course Samuel Sloman starts his his streak that week of of sort of impressing people and 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 gaining all of this ground because he made those 53 yard attempts and then the following week in practice did not miss a kick so that I think overall the argument may have been when the pressure was really on, a.k.a. this final week of a very close competition and you're in crunch time, that's when he overall stepped up. So I think they really I think they saw that as sort of like, OK, he can step up to pressure. They also saw the improvement potential there for him. Um, you know, their their thoughts are like, OK, he's only going to get better. We just keep him confident, keep his mind right. And he's really just only going to get better. So. Those were, that was the thought process. I personally also think being a seventh rounder, they knew they were going to get rid of at least one draft pick. This guy happened to be Clay Johnston, the linebacker. You can't get rid of two draft picks, uh, so you, you want to keep the kicker. <laughs> so <laughs> that's kind of where. And at the risk of rambling, too, I, I'll get to the, your inside linebacker question as well. But, you know, I, I want to know, you were kind of gauging all of this, and you had – known and and covered Greg Zerline for years and years and years. 
So I, I'm wondering what you think about this as his replacement. Yeah, it's you know the 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 distance thing is is interesting because Zerline would never miss short, and I wonder if that factors into a little bit too. I mean, he had his his issues, you know, left right, but but he was he was always good for the length, uh, no matter what. So. I wonder if they they look at that a little bit, even though it's a new special teams coach this year. Maybe it's a little bit of a different mindset, but uh, maybe they think there's there's certain things that you can kind of work through, and there's certain things that you can't. And obviously, it's hard to you know it's it's hard to build leg strength. You know, maybe you can work on a guy technically, uh, but it's it's hard to have that brute uh, strength. So, right. um, I, I guess it doesn't surprise me. And obviously, this is a guy like you said they they used a draft pick on him, and so they must have thought pretty highly of him. There were a lot of kickers out there they could have just signed off the you know off the scrap heap at the end of the draft but they actually used uh, uh, an asset uh, to to draft him so they they must have thought well of him and uh, and his ability to to develop but it's scary i mean you go around the league you know even if rams fans ask ask some of your friends who you know follow other teams what if you if you come in without a defined kicker without a uh, reliable veteran kicker hold on you know it's a, yeah. it can be a roller coaster <laughs> ride so i i you know, for the Rams fans' sake, I, I hope that it's it's not that, uh, especially early on. Uh, but uh, it's a little bit of a risk. You know, they they knew in in you know cutting loose Greg Zerline, um, he was a veteran guy. You you knew exactly what you were getting. Uh, he had a little bit of issues last year, but you, know, you pretty much could count on him. Uh, for you know to do the job now they're going in the great unknown but they were going to be doing that anyway regardless of, of which of the three that they picked so sounds like they picked the guy with the with the highest ceiling maybe yeah and he already has a nickname uh johnny hecker gave him a nickname already and it is the kosher cannon so he's fitting right. in so he's bonding <laughs> he's, and he's one of these guys who's like kickers you either go either way right you're yeah. either like the 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 little you know kind of outcast guy or you're the guy who goes lifting with the offensive lineman and right he, he, he's he's the latter which they love and bonamago is like an old school guy right so he loves that i mean jake mcquade the long snapper is out running linebacker drills you know what i mean so right. this is a group where if you could fit in in that regard and you're really just like a football guy being a football guy like that's really right. I think, um, you know, I think that really fits in with, with what they do and, and kind of the, the vibe of that group, especially. Well, there's a lot going on in the sports world right now. After a, a very dry spring and summer, we've got basketball, we've got hockey. Of course, we have football right around the corner, baseball. And there's no better way to keep up with it all than Fubo TV. For all you cord cutters out there, there's no better way to get all of your TV action, there's a family plan where three people can watch at the same time. Standard base plan, two screens at once. And of course, there's always a good deal for you. 15% off the first month right now. So there's no reason not to jump on board right now. Great access to local broadcast, 30 hours of DVR, and you get the NBC Sports Channel on your national feed too. So it's obviously been a tough time financially, but if you're looking for a deal, you're looking to save money, $50, much, much more affordable than the cable providers out there. So definitely give a look to Fubo TV. And with the NFL season right around the corner, FuboTV.com will not disappoint. Stay updated with your favorite teams as well as the local broadcast news. So go to FuboTV.com slash athletic today and get 15% off your first month. You won't regret it. 
That's FuboTV.com slash athletic. Get your first month today. Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. I'm finding it pretty difficult to talk about right now. Usually, we just brush it off or blame ourselves saying things like, I lost my mojo. Or we avoid it altogether with excuses like, I had a long day at work. Or, sorry, honey, I'm just not feeling it. Or even, I tried to jump over a parking meter today. But with Roman, it's easy to talk about it. With a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication. It's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. And getting started is simple too. Just go to getroman.com slash 11 and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a healthcare professional and take care of it. Go to getroman.com slash 11 today. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's getroman.com slash 11. Getroman.com slash 11. I want to get to your inside linebacker question because that's been tumultuous. And, And at the beginning, I know I talked about, you know, avoiding major injuries, but of course don't want to discount the loss of Traven Howard. You know, there was a lot of potential there for him to start in certain packages with, Micah Kaiser and they were running really really well together at the beginning of training camp and then obviously he goes down with the meniscus tear and he's out for the season they just put him on IR when they released their initial 53 and as a point of clarity um, that does mean he cannot come back for the rest of the season um, because he went on injured reserve before the final roster came out so that's that's something that that's a big loss you know they they went out and they kind of sat on the waiver wire at position 20 and they and they picked up Justin Hollins who I think is really really promising super super fast player explosive has that speed power combination but again you know the versatility there yes he was cross training to play inside linebacker but it's more of a, a situation where I think he he's good depth there and really what I think they'll they'll use him as sort of more insurance for Terrell Lewis who we're still not sure what's going on with his knee so I think he's he gives them a little bit of a, a versatile guy who can play on the outside and, and maybe pick up a couple sacks for them. Um, has that ability because he filled in for um, Bradley Chubb last year in Denver when, when Chubb went down. And he also has so much experience with Brandon Staley, who was the guy who started his sort of cross-training tutoring. You know, he started training him to be an inside-outside guy. So at some point this season, yes, I do think you'll see Justin Hollins at inside linebacker, and he's got great speed. He can cover. Try throwing a ball over that guy. He's what six five. Like yeah, right. You're not. He's gonna bat that crap down. And so you know, I I really think there's some real bright potential here with Hollins. I know Brandon Staley was super happy to get him. He was, as Sean McVay said, the reason they brought him in was Brandon Staley and continuing that sort of counseling. Um, of cross training at that position. So I still think your starting guys are going to be Mike Kaiser and Kenny Young in the middle. The thing I want to point out to people is we talked with Aaron Schatz last week of Football Outsiders. He was fantastic. And he reiterated the point that 
Rich, you and I have been trying to make here. Off-ball linebacker is the least, quote-unquote, valuable position within the Rams' defense if you're going off of Vic Fangio concepts, which Brandon Staley is very much doing. So they're going to probably play a lot of nickel and a lot of dime. And in that regard, they are doing great because they have more talented defensive backs than you would think they know what to do with. But fun surprise, guys, they do know what to do with them. So I think it's going to be a little bit less of a concern than maybe it looks like on paper because on paper it looks really bad. But, you know, I, I don't think it's as much of a dire situation as maybe people would make it out to be because especially what I've been watching in in practice I, you know I love to to stand with the secondary on the sideline and kind of look and listen and learn um, I think they're preparing for quite a substantial and dynamic rotation in that regard so you know it could be a little bit of a thing to watch uh, you obviously want to make sure the other guys stay healthy because then you're in a dire situation Um, but the good things here are you have options in the secondary to sort of hide and mask those issues in the middle of the field. And then you also have Christian Roseboom. You were able to sneak him through waivers. Um, so you can always promote him if you are really, really feeling, uh, pressured here. Yeah. Great, great, great points. I was going to say, as you understand it, uh, that that's the way that uh, things could line up, uh, on, on the, on the field a little bit. Right. Um, but I, I think the the big thing there is you know, you're talking about some of these injuries, but but the fact that Taylor Rapp you know escaped something bigger you know was a, obviously he missed some time in in camp, but not something that looks like is is going to keep him out of games. Uh, that that's something that's really important. You know the way uh, I can't you, you talk about things that you, you're going to see on Sunday. I mean I really really can't wait to see how they use some of these guys. I mean we've talked a lot about Jalen Ramsey during the off season and the number of positions he can play where he's going to move around. But I, you know, I think the things that they can do with these safeties too, and, and where they're going to line up in the different formation. I, I, from the football nerd side of it, I love watching that sort of thing. So uh, Jordan, I, I know, you know, you're going to be at the game at SoFi stadium. Uh, I, I hope it comes through on TV. It's a little hard to uh, kind of get the nuances of that sometimes if you can't see exactly where guys are lining up or moving around. But uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe again, that's just the, the, the football nerd. But I'm, I'm really excited to see how Brandon Staley uses those guys and, and maybe how it differs uh, from previous years. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited. That's been the most fun. The number one most fun thing for me about being in training camp was watching Jalen Ramsey and Van Jefferson interact. Um, I posted about that on Twitter because I think we're going to get a look at that on Hard Knocks, which means we might finally get something valuable out of Hard Knocks. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm being a little catty today. I hear myself. I really do hear myself. <laughs> so, it's all right. You're it's getting fine. ready for the season. I'm You're ready in, to go. It's, I'm it's ready week to. One. I'm ready to. Uh, I'm ready to really call out Mike McCarthy if he doesn't know the proper analytics for a fourth and two situation after pretending exactly. that he built, he built an analytics man cave in his basement this spring. So <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, you know, I, uh, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be really, really fun. The thing I'm going to miss the most about training camp, I think is getting to stand behind the secondary and the coaches when they're sort of running at full steam because it's, it's just so fun. And I know I can't, really describe all of it as accurately as maybe people would like because that's sort of the agreement you you take you make with the team when you um get a credential is that you don't report on scheme and things like that but the best way I can describe it is just it's like when you're watching a fast motion 
or, you know, kind of a, a fast speed, you know, when you watch those scientific videos of solar systems and you watch all the planets orbit around in super high speed, that's exactly what it looks like to me. And, and I, I know that doesn't make sense when I'm telling you, but when you see it, it will make sense. I promise. And it's just cool because it's, it's, it's keeping guys fresh. It's capitalizing on matchups. You know, you have so many guys who can do such a variety of things back there and it's constant communication and it's just really, really fun to watch. Jordan, what do you think uh, Sean McVay thinks? I don't know though. you know, Mike McCarthy talking about, you know, him, he, he took the numbers off the practice jerseys. Did you see this? I think it's stupid. He was afraid. (laughs) I I don't know. I don't want to put words in his mouth, but the way it was portrayed was he was afraid like people would watch, I don't know, social media video or maybe B-roll and uh, and determine like what they were doing, and I'm like that. We we ha- I think we've reached peak uh, paranoia in in the NFL. I didn't know exactly what the peak would be, but I, I think we found it. I mean, taking the numbers off of the jerseys uh, is is pretty wild. I mean, I don't know. Are they that are they that scared of the Rams? Maybe the Rams should see that as like a a, a, a vote of confidence or whatever, but. Um, Jordan, the Rams, three and a half point underdogs, I think, is coming into the game. I mean, this this has got to be the least, you know, kind of uh, predictable, maybe uh, season opener across the board, not just in this game. But uh, I mean, what do you think? Is there any way to predict kind of which team or, or you know, what kind of team is, is going to thrive in, in week one versus the other? First of all, I want to point out that as you were talking about Mike McCarthy's decision to remove names and numbers from his players' jerseys uh, to continue to find every edge, a yes. an actual garbage truck was backing up outside my window. So wow. that should That's... pretty much sum up what I think about that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. yeah. Um, anyway, so I told you guys I'm on one today. Um <laughs> You know, I I think that teams are going to counter counter for maybe a lack of full offseason preparation and by just first of all leaning on the things they do really well. We know here one of the things they do really well is 12 personnel. I think they're going to lean on that to start the season. Jared Goff, Tyler Higby, Jared Goff, Gerald Everett, that that was a strong connection in camp. Lots of Robert Woods, lots of Cooper Cup as well. Um, And I also think they're going to try to play as fast as they can possibly do so without losing, uh, you know, some of the tightness. I think that they're going to try to do that because defenses, even if you even if you think you're prepared for what Sean McVay has put up on tape, it still is going to take a minute for defenses to kind of get their feet under them. It's going to take a minute for everybody to feel cohesive. I think that they're going to try to get the ball out really fast to take some of the initial pressure off of the offensive line. I think you're going to see a lot of short to mid-range passes from Jared Goff, and they're just going to try to move as quickly as they can down the field. And so you're going to really test to see conditioning. You're going to test soft tissue. Um, Yeah, you know, it's pretty unexpected. I don't know, you know, it's it's hard to even know what the identities of other teams are across the league because of the pandemic. You didn't see them in the preseason, things like that. I can tell you this. I think this Rams identity is one where you're going to see them get better uh, as time progresses through the season. I, I don't know if everything's going to be perfect, but I think you'll certainly see them get better. So how that looks in week one, uh, I guess we'll find out. 
Jordan, the, the other thing I'm I'm curious about is is the offensive line um, because it, it it seems to me that you know we, we came into a training camp really not knowing exactly how it would look and and then it seems like they settled on a combination pretty quick and unless I missed something um, you didn't see a whole lot of movements so you didn't necessarily see competition and I don't mean that as a criticism. Um, I, I just maybe was was a little bit surprised that they settled so early and uh, that there there weren't any other kind of combinations uh, tested there. Is that is that how it kind of worked out? And if so, I mean, what does that tell you? Is that is that a vote of confidence or is that just kind of like, hey, we, we, we've picked our five and, and we've, we've got to get these guys ready no matter what? Um, I think it's more the second thing. I think that you you absolutely have to establish some sort of consistency before you have to play live football. And so, you know, Joe Noboom at left guard, Austin Corbett at right guard, Rob Havenstein at right tackle, Austin Blythe at center. You you just you just kind of have to go with it. That's what they thought would be, uh, you know, the, their best option for week one. And so at that point, you have to get those guys the consistency together. And I really want to throw that question back to you, Rich, because you saw these guys in all of their sort of disastrous chaos, but you also saw them start to get better too. So I'm kind of wondering, knowing that those are the guys who have been lining up at those spots, what what your thoughts are on that decision? Yeah, I, I think, you know, coming in, I was pretty certain that three of those five, meaning, you know, Austin Blythe and, and the two tackles, I, I thought that would be pretty firm. Um, I didn't know. I wasn't a hundred percent about Rob Havenstein just because I didn't know kind of how they thought about him coming back or, or where his, you know, physical ability was, but obviously as you've detailed, he, he had a very good off season, worked a lot with, with Andrew Whitworth. So not a surprise there. Uh, the guards, uh, yeah, it, the, the one that I'm curious about is David Edwards. Um, and, and I know that that's come up a little bit. I, I think people have, have asked on, on Twitter, maybe even in the comments, uh, of your story. Uh, I, I'm not surprised that, that Joe Noteboom being healthy and ready to go, that, that he would be able to slide in uh, back into left guard. But um, yeah, I, I don't know what to make of the right guard uh, just be, because, you know, Austin Corbett played well uh, last year. I, I think he kept growing and, and getting better, like you indicated, uh, as the season went along. But, but I also saw some really good things from David Edwards. So I, I don't really know how to take that. I, I thought maybe all things being equal, uh, that they'd let Edwards kind of run with that a little bit more and, and see if he could develop. So not really sure how to take that. I don't know whether you got any you know insight from watching them or, or from talking to anybody, but I think that's probably the position out of the five. That That's really the only one that, that kind of surprised me a little bit. Yeah, I'm surprised by that too. Um, you know, there was some commentary that people thought, you know, David Edwards, excuse me, <laughs> David Edwards, <laughs> Sorry, the garbage truck is back. Um, there was some, you know, there was some commentary that kind of indicated that people thought Edwards showed up a little bit out of shape. Now, for me, I told you on a previous podcast, I'm not used to seeing guys so close to the line of scrimmage look look as in shape as the Rams have them. <laughs> so, um, right. for me, I have to actually see that in live action and not going against Aaron Donald before I'm ready to sort of make make my assessment. You know, I did think it was one of the best moments of camp this year when Sean McVay sort of dryly said, yeah, Aaron's getting a rest day today because we have to get, 
we have to give those poor interior offensive linemen a little bit of a break. <laughs> so, um, you know, I don't know, Rich. I just am not I, – I'm not confident in this line, but I'm, but I'm not confident in any line really across the league right now just because people just don't understand how much time they need together before they're really ready to roll. And, you know, I'm probably missing a, a line that's just going to come out and look like they got a full spring together. But really, overall, the average, the mean across the league, I think, will will point toward things are not looking great uh, the first few weeks of the year in any case, uh, in pretty much any case across the league. And I don't think the Rams will be an exception to that. So it's basically like, all right, how do you alleviate that burden on Jared Goff, you know, on the running game. Like, how do you how do you work to alleviate sort of those burdens? And, and that's what we know. They worked on a lot at the end of last season and then also, you know, continued that through the spring and summer. Yeah, that, that's a great point. I, I don't know. We, we don't know how, how it would have looked different if there if there were OTAs. Maybe you'd see a little bit more movement. But, you know, with, without having any preseason games, with having an, an abbreviated training camp, you, you probably just don't want to mess with it. <laughs> That's probably the, the, the right way to go. And, uh, yeah, and I, I guess we'll learn a lot, you know, about Austin Corbett. I think we, we learned some uh, during the second half of, of last year. I think he acquitted himself very well. So there's there's no reason for me to think that he can't slide over and, and do just as well as he did you know, late in the season in, in a different position. And, and if he does, then then that's great, and the Rams are in good shape. But, uh, there, again, yeah, there's a lot of questions. I mean, you can even go, you know, Austin Blythe uh, did, did well in the second half of, of last year, but he also struggled in the first half mm-hmm. playing a different position. So that's that's not a certainty. Uh, I, I'd feel pretty good about that if I were the Rams, but I wouldn't feel totally confident in it. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's here we are. We're right. I feel like we're right back where we were a year ago, kind of looking at that offensive line going – yeah, if if they can hold up, if they can give Jared some time, if 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 then then things will be okay, but but we still don't have a, a lot of firm answers. Exactly. And hopefully we have a little more clarity by the end of this weekend. I mean, I'm I'm excited for that at the very least. I, I don't know if you're going to get a good feel for who this team is and what this team is capable of after you know, literally the first live 60 minutes that they've had since January. Um you know, I, I really don't know if you're going to get a great feel for that, but you're going to get something. And so at the very least, I think that's going to be really, really valuable, not just for me selfishly as someone who's watching it, but also, um, you know, for the team itself, trying to just really finally shake some of that rust off. And knowing Sean, he's already got the practice after and that, you know, the practice the week after lined right. up because he he's like, wherever I see rust, we're going to get the rest of it just cleaned out and shaken off and try to work as efficiently as possible. So yeah. And it's, it's so weird because normally I wouldn't be so, I guess we'll see, <laughs> you know, I'd be mm-hmm. more, I'd m- be more definitive. I've ha- I would have more takes. Right. But, but really, uh, we just really don't know. We don't know what we don't know. Sean McVay, uh, I believe I'm gonna feel really dumb if I got this wrong, but I, I believe three and O in in season openers. So that doesn't uh, mean anything necessarily, but I, I think it speaks to kind of what you're, you're talking about a little bit. There is this guy. I mean, I, I know we've all been dealing with the pandemic, but I guarantee you, Sean McVay has been thinking every single day since the day the schedule got released. You know, what, what can I do to prepare for the Dallas Cowboys? What, you know, how can we get better? How can this, how can that? Like, he's not a guy who, who takes a day off, who's, who's going to be kind of sidetracked. 
uh, by a lot of things. So if, you, if you're a Rams fan, I think you have to feel pretty good uh, about that side of it. You have to feel good about the injury side. Jordan, are you are you can is there anything else that that causes you concern if you're the Rams? Uh, or is there anything else that, that gives you a whole lot of confidence? We've, we've covered a, quite a bit of ground. I, I guess we didn't mention Aaron Donald. He's still pretty good. He's, he's um, okay. He's, he's all yeah, right. Although yeah. not good against run defense, apparently, from what I hear. So that's, uh, Listen. that's, that's an issue. <laughs> <laughs> that's, some, that's some stuff that I was not, certainly not expecting to see all over my timeline today. But holy right. moly. Holy right. moly, Rich. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, sidetrack there. But, but is, is there anything else that's going to surprise us, either, either in, a, in a positive way or, or in a negative way on, on Sunday, do you think? I'm just going to be stunned. Uh, by all of the people on the Cowboys roster who I had no idea existed until now <laughs> because of the lack of because right. of the lack of jersey numbers and, and names. I mean, what right. a what a brilliant and cunning move by master yes. strategist Mike Prescott, McCarthy. you say. Prescott who had is that? not heard of that one. Ezekiel. No. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> who is that? Where did these people come from? I have no idea. Oh man, yeah. No, I don't know. I, the the thing that I I do as a as a human being and a journalist do like is that again we'll, we'll find some answers. I think to to some of these major questions that we have. And the the other thing though that we need to keep in mind is they aren't going to be definite answers. Like if the offensive line looks absolutely craptastic, like it's not. I don't think that that necessarily has to be the truth through the entire season, right? So right. one of the main things that I'm looking for. And the main things I'm watching is how can this coaching staff adjust situationally on the fly within games, week to week, half half season to half season, how can they make the necessary and proper adjustments to actually be a contender, especially with that extra playoff spot open. If they don't if they don't get it, it's just like what the hell are you doing? I mean, they have it's like they have to get it, right? Because you should have they should have gotten it in the middle of a catastrophe last year. And now, you know, there's there's pretty much that's that's the expectation. So I think for me is how can you make situational adjustments throughout the entire year? But also, as Les Sneed likes to say, like, how can you make the microscopic adjustments while also keeping one eye on the telescope? Right. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's how can I how can I even finish a train of thought after that? <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> that's, that's about as deep as we can get. Yeah. Do we do we want to do predictions? Or are we going to be that bold? Well, I I think mine's probably still the same. Uh, you mean just for the game or for the season? Yeah. yeah okay. No, for the game. For, well, for the season, mine's the same. I still think nine and seven that they get the playoff spot, that they make a little bit of a run in the playoffs. Um, it's just the the NFC West is just so it just will cannibalize itself. It has done that for the last couple of years and it's such a strong division that it just has to. For this game, I, you know, I don't necessarily agree with the Rams opening up as dogs in their own house. I don't think that that's uh but I think fortune generally favors the Cowboys <laughs> in right. ma- in many things and many narratives. So, um I think that honestly, I, I can see I could see the Rams winning this game. I could. I think yeah. I think that honestly, uh, and I know I've kind of been dumping on Mike McCarthy, but I think it's going to come down to coaching, and I think Sean McVay is going to outcoach him. So yeah. yeah, that's what I think. I think the Rams win. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think maybe it's a different story if this is like a week four game or, or something right. like that. But but the fact that there's so many kind of unknowns for the I mean, we joke about McCarthy, you know, taking numbers off. But but I mean, people really don't know what to expect either from this Rams offense or defense. I mean, it's it's could change pretty dramatically from from the last time they, they'd been seen on the field. So if you're talking about those little edges in in what is expected to be a close game, I mean, again, Vegas basically says it's a it's a three point game. Uh, then any little edge like that, you're playing at home. There's going to be some excitement, you know, playing in front in SoFi Stadium. Unfortunately, not in front of a, a crowd, but it, it's still going to be a huge moment, and uh, I, I'm sure a lot of excitement there. So I, I think if you add up maybe those little little factors here and there that that could make the difference, I think they maybe slide to the to the Rams' favor. So I could definitely see it, you know, being a, a close game in the fourth quarter. And Jordan, maybe it'll be a Samuel slow. Uh, field goal attempt in the fourth quarter to win the game wouldn't that be something that would be indeed an event in history all right guys this is the 11 personnel podcast i'm jordan rodrigue you are also listening to the dulcet tones of a one rich hammond you can follow us on twitter at jordan rodrigue at rich hammond rich underscore hammond editor extraordinaire And guys, you can also find us anywhere you get your podcasts. But if you subscribe to The Athletic, you will always get what, Rich? You get a good deal every time. And you know me, I love a good discount. So if you you subscribe to 11 Personnel Podcast via The Athletic, you will certainly get a discount on your subscription for the year. Once again, we are so, so happy to have you aboard listening with us. Thanks for sticking with us through a very, very weird and unprecedented, at times extremely anxiety-inducing off-season. We are so thrilled to have you on board. Don't forget to give us a, a rating on iTunes, preferably five stars, but four and a half works too, if you must. And don't forget to say nice words about us uh, in the comments. And uh, Rich, I'll let you take us out. Jordan, it's been a pleasure getting through this this off season, and uh, I know the readers echo me in saying that uh, you've done a fantastic job so far. And I'm really excited to start the season. Uh, I know you have even more ideas in print and uh, for the podcast here. So we'll hope for the best. We'll hope for a full 16-game season. And uh, I know we'll have a lot of fun bringing it to all of our readers and listeners.